Okay, we went way off left. Yeah. Too much potter. <laughs> way, way too much potter. say that you wait for that slate and stuff so all right so welcome to another episode of too much pod tar as we continue our 30 teams in 30 pod series and i have uh, a raised fan on today for our raised uh, portion of the show and raised fan ken filler and he's from tampa bay of course and he writes for a site tampa bay pro sports he writes for writes about all the you know Tampa Bay teams, the Lightning, the Rays, Buccaneers. So, hey, welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you, Alex. Uh, great to be with you. Looking forward to a good baseball season. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. The only, you know, tomorrow is the first game. They have there's only one game tomorrow for spring training, but then Saturday is when all the every, every team plays. So that's it's going to be exciting. Excited to get back into it. Absolutely. And it should be real interesting this year with uh, the Yankees and the Rays. I read some uh, comments from the Rays owner, Stuart Sternberg, over uh, the last couple of days, and he thinks the Rays can uh, give the Yankees a run for their money with their improved offense that they picked up during the offseason and with the uh, five-man rotation, everybody healthy. So it's going to be a great, uh, great run this season in baseball, especially in the American League East. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I like I think the Rays are the only the Yankees only competition this year. The uh, like the Red Sox after I think after trading Mookie and Price, I think they're going to be out of it. So it's going to be a, I think it's going to just going to be yep, us and you guys. But, um, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, the Red Sox may even struggle to uh, get a wild card spot. So it, uh, I agree, it's going to be the Yankees and Rays for uh, the one two spots there in the American League East. Yeah, and I think if the, I think whoever doesn't win the East is gonna get that the first wild card. So I could see another like Rays maybe A's uh, wild card game or something like that. But I mean, I think the A's even have a shot at winning the AL West because I think the Astros are gonna. I actually have been saying a lot that the, I think the Astros missed the playoffs this year just because of everything that's been going on. They're gonna have so much pressure on them to. Yes, ab- absolutely. I, I think the um, the Astros are going to really, uh, really struggle this year. And the Angels, um, you know, they they improved uh, their team with the addition of uh, Hector Rondon. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a good competition in the uh, West, you know, yeah. between the Astros, the A's and the Angels. And even the even the Rangers have, you know, they've been they've improved. So they've been like they can do some things this year. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you, you don't know really how it's going to shake out. Injuries can crop up and, yeah, you know, you, you never know how, how things are going to go once you get into the, uh, you know, the stretch run in the heart of the baseball season. But uh, teams definitely improved a lot of good competition. And uh, we'll just have to see how it shakes out come September and October. Yes, I think it's going to be a really exciting season this year. And as as you mentioned with the Rays, uh, their additions to their lineup, you know they like they've traded for uh, Hunter Renfro, Renfro. That was in the Tommy Fam Fam trade, I believe, right? That's what it was. Yes, uh, yeah, they parted with Fam. Yeah, picked up Renfro. Yeah, and then they also got Jose Martinez. That's I think that's a pretty good addition. He's going to be sliding into their DH role pretty much. 
Yeah, Martinez will uh, will DH primarily. He can also play in the field, outfield, and uh, a little first base. Uh, he did have a, a down year last year offensively. He only uh, hit 10 homers. Uh, in 2017, he had hit 272 with 29 homers and driven in close to 80 runs. So the Rays are counting on him getting back to that 25, 30 home run potential that you know he had with the Cardinals uh, a couple of seasons ago. But he definitely you know brings a good offensive punch to the Rays. And a, a move that kind of went under the radar was the signing of the uh, Japanese slugger uh, Yoshi Sutsugo. Uh, they picked him up for uh, $12 million. They signed him to a two-year contract. They had to pay uh, Yokohama, his team in the uh, Japanese uh, league, $4 million to sign him. But he brings um, an offensive punch as well. And they're going to use him in the DH role as well. So with Renfro's 33 home runs, the addition of Martinez and Satsugo, the Rays think that they have uh, improved their offense uh, tremendously this offseason. Yeah, definitely. I think, and then that's been kind of a thing that they haven't really had as much of. Like their pitching has been what's kind of pushed them to be like in the hunt for the American League East, but like the last couple of years. But they've been kind of missing the, you know, the bats. They've had a couple of good ones, like you know, last year Brandon Lau, Austin Meadows, they were good, and uh, even uh, G-Man, G-Man Choi. Like, but they've they've kind of missed that that one a couple a couple of like big bats to make their lineup like good from top to bottom. Like I think that, and that's they finally can get be able to get that. That's going to be good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no question that the Rays did lose some offense. They lost uh, Travis Diarno, who had 16 home runs last season. Avi Garcia, he was a 20 home run guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Pham, Eric Sogard, all those guys. Uh, were, were, were pretty good offensively. And Tommy Pham, I really hated to see the Rays lose him. He was uh, a real spark plug for this team. Always seemed to get the key hit when you needed it. Good in the outfield, good presence in the locker room, and uh, he's definitely going to be missed. But, you know, when you get a chance to pick up uh, a young kid like Hunter Renfro, who had 33 home runs last year, you know, those guys don't come cheap, so the Rays felt that they could, um, you know, part with Pham and uh, Renfro would be um, a good addition to the club and they could upgrade offensively. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, obviously they're going talking about their starters. There's, you know, they have Charlie, like Morton at the top, and he had a really good season last year. He was in the Cy Young race. And then Blake Snell, who had kind of a down year last year, but I think he can bounce back and have another kind of Cy Young type year. And then obviously Glass now as well. Glass now is I think he'll he'll be really solid this year. And then kind of go with like openers too, obviously. They've been going with that for a couple of years. A few years now they're they're basically the team that started the opener. The whole opener thing. Yeah, um the Rays are really counting on having a healthy rotation this year. Uh, Morton was really the only starter that was healthy all of last season. And as you mentioned, he was one of the finalists, you know, from Cy Young Award. He went 16 and six with a three um, ERA. Snell and Glassnow were really hit hard by injuries. Mm-hmm. Glassnow went down in the middle of May, and he was one of the best pitchers in baseball at the time. He was six and one with a 178 ERA and was averaging 11 strikeouts per nine innings. And if, if he can pitch a whole season and have those kind of numbers. 
that's going to be huge for the Rays. And then Blake Snell, as you mentioned, had a, a down year. He was hurt a good portion of the season. He has six and eight mark and an ERA over four, which is not like uh, Blake Snell at all. Very disappointing season for him coming off the um, the Cy Young Award winning season. And then, as you mentioned, you know, Chirinos, Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough, those were the two guys that they kind of moved into the rotation as the openers. Uh, listening to Kevin Cash yesterday, the Rays really have not decided yet fully if they're going to use that opener strategy or not this season. Cash said they'll probably wait until late March when things kind of kind of settle down and they have a good feel of, you know, who's, who's going to be on the team and in what role. But um, I would think that with everybody healthy, the Rays will go with a, a five-man rotation with Chirinos and Yarbrough uh, being the four and five guys. Yeah, that would make sense. I think that's that's definitely a possibility where they go. And that's just I think they might they still might go end up, you know, kind of going into that uh, opener role so at uh, sometimes like not all like not all the time, but I feel like feel like they want to do that like since they've kind of all, always done that like the last few years. I think that's just kind of where they're comfortable going with. Yes, and they've had good success doing that. Um, I, I mean, other teams even picked up on that uh, strategy and employed it, you know, late uh, late in the season. So um, I wouldn't discount the Rays, you know, using that strategy at all, uh, you know, at some point mm-hmm. during the season. But I think with the, with the five guys healthy, I think they'll see, you know, if, if those five guys can, you know, get them to where they want to be at the end of the season. Yeah, and I just – I also – I think, like – injuries are always bound to happen at some point too. So that's kind of, I think maybe if they have an injury or two, then, or then they, they probably end up using it more. So I think that's, that could end up being a possibility because I would hope, I would hope that, you know, the top three guys don't get hurt, but that could end up happening again. Yeah, it could. Injuries are always part of the game, but the difference this year, I think is, is the Rays made a, a trade at the deadline last year that kind of went under the radar. They picked up Trevor Richards and Nick Anderson um, from the Miami Marlins and Anderson was lights out the last two months of the season. He went three and O with two walks and 41 strikeouts with an ERA right around two and Richards, uh, they used him in um, a spot starter too. And, and also um, out of the bullpen. So the Rays, definitely have some guys that you know can step up into that opener or long man role and let's not um forget brendan mckay the two-way player that the rays have he was used primarily as a pitcher uh, last season went two and four with a five um, era kind of struggled a little bit as the season wore on but he had 56 strikeouts against 16 walks and uh, he can also um DH and uh, play the field he didn't get a lot of opportunity he only hit 200 but he did have a homer and an RBI. So I, I think McKay's a guy that the, the, the Rays like his versatility and he'll uh, make, uh, definitely make the club, uh, you know, coming out of Port Charlotte. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like now that, now that they have like a 26 man roster, they use kind of like one of those guys who can be, you know, he can be the extra guy, but then he can do, he can hit and he can pitch. So that'd be a good guy to have so that they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, with, with injuries, you just can never, ever, you know, have enough depth. 
And that's one thing that, that the Rays have really built over the last three, four years is depth. You, you know, with the farm system that brought guys along. And it seems like when a um, Snell or a Glassnow goes down, they always have somebody, you know, ready to um, step in and um, take that next step to the big leagues. And, uh, you, you know, they got to lay young kids on, on, on this roster. And, um, you know, this year will be no different. I, I think they're ready. Rays have the number one you know, minor league system, you know, in baseball. And um, Brent Honeywell um, is a guy that's been off the radar. Um, he should have been on the big league club by now, but he had two serious arm injuries uh, that took him out of the mix in uh, 18 and 19. So he's going to get a shot at some point this season, although he, he won't, won't be ready for the big league club out, out of spring training. But an injury or two, and, and I think you'll see Brent Honeywell in um, in Tampa at some point uh, during the season. Yeah, I can definitely see that. He's he's got some good stuff. He's definitely somebody that can end up being in that in that rotation, and so that, that's definitely exciting. There, I always love looking at prospects. So like, especially the last few years, prospects are always something I love, love seeing coming up. Especially yeah. like, watching them as they go from you know single A all the way up to triple A and then eventually make their debuts. Yes. And uh, the Rays currently have the number one prospect in all of baseball, shortstop, Wander Franco. That's right. Uh, Franco support uh, class A Port Charlotte last year. He'll probably begin this year at double A. He's 19 year old kid and he's progressing quickly. I saw him play a couple of times last season and he has everything that you're looking for. He is quick. He is good defensively, a lot of pop off his bat. The The question is, when he comes up, what are the Rays going to do with uh, their shortstop, Willie Adamas, who uh, really improved defensively uh, late in the season last year. So they're talking about maybe um, Franco going uh, to play third, which mm-hmm. would then create another problem. What do you do with Andy Diaz, the, um, yeah. the current third baseman? So a lot of options uh, you, you know, for the Rays, and those are good problems to have. Yeah, definitely, and that's one of those things that you can probably end up seeing a kind of a, one of a trade somewhere, maybe trading, you know, Yandy or somebody to kind of open up a spot. But it depends on what happens with, like how how Franco progresses, of course, too. So. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know right now. Everything it looks good, but mm-hmm. as you know, we've seen a zillion guys that just you know, tear the cover off the baseball at the double uh, A, triple A and all levels of the minor leagues. And they get to the big leagues and all of a sudden it's like, who is this guy? Right. This is the guy we saw triple A. So, you know, you're exactly right. You, you, you just never know. A lot can happen. And, you know, if Franco's the guy, then, then you got to start looking at, you know, the possibility of maybe a trade or two. Yeah. And to mention another uh, pitching prospect, the one uh, that was actually a throw in, I think it was the throw in for the, Chris Archer trade, Shane Boz, he's going to, I think he's pretty, he's projected to be a pretty good starting pitcher too. And he was just like, he was like the, I think he was like the player to be named later in that trade, which is kind of crazy because he was like a top prospect. Yeah. When, when, when you think about that deal, I, I mean, I mean, let's just call it like it is. I mean, praise really fleeced the pirates on that deal. I mean, getting Austin Meadows and then, you know, Shane Baz, Baz is probably going to be a double a guy this year maybe triple a he pitched last year at class a but you're right i, I mean the rays are really 
really high on him and are counting on him, you know, to be an integral part of that rotation, you know, in, in, in the next couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. We always, we're always making fun of the Pirates for that trade. Like, well, I don't know what they were thinking with that trade at all. I, I don't think the fans in Pittsburgh know what they were thinking with that trade. Yeah, it's, it's just so, like, head-scratching. Like, I have no idea. They, just, yeah. they, they don't know what they like, – I don't think they even know what they're doing. Really. Yeah, and Archer's been the same guy in Pittsburgh that he was in Tampa. I mean, let's just face it, you know, inconsistent, win some, lose some, ERA, uh, you know, mid threes to over four, yeah, you know, gets hit early and often a lot of games. I mean, he's the same guy, so he'll he'll eat some innings for you, but, you know, that's that's about the the best you're going to get from Archer. Yeah, so we talked a lot about the, you know, the pitchers and their, uh, and their, yeah, the start, their rotation and their, and their, uh, lineup but it's kind of move into like projecting where they you think they end up finishing this year like what win total i think they can get get up to 90 wins again uh last year what was it i forget what the record was 96 they had last year yeah i think they can get around the same this year and you know obviously like, I, like we talked about stay in that race in american league east with the yankees i think the yankees are end up with somewhere around like what they were last year 100 102 103 wins yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, Sternberg and the Rays front office, the opening day press conferences in Port Charlotte, it, it'll be disappointing if this Rays team doesn't win 90 games. Yeah. I mean, they are that high on them. I, I mean, 90 wins is just the base point for this team. And, and to be truthful, they, they should win more than 90 with the, with the talent they, they have on, on this team. But I think they'll probably finish second behind the Yankees. I, I don't see them beating out the Yankees. I don't see them getting over 100 wins, which it's probably going to take to win the East. I mean, the Yankees won 102 or 103 games last year, and they and they improved their ball club, you know, with signing Garrett Cole. So it looks like it, it's going to be a, a tough road to hoe for the Rays to get into the championship and win the East, but you know, wild card spot, absolutely. There, there's, there's no reason they they shouldn't contend for a playoff spot, and and get one of those spots. Yeah, I think they're. I'm gonna predict that they end up getting the first wild card. I'm gonna go. I'll go with like a, a win above last year. I'll go with 97 wins, and they and they win that first wild card. And well, I guess they'll just throw a prediction of what the wild card game is gonna be. I think it'll be. Raise Angels. I'm mean, gonna say Angels get in finally. Mike Trout for the first, for only the second time in his career getting into the playoffs. Yeah, that that would be good. If Mike Trout gets that Angels team to the playoffs, people will start thinking of him, mm-hmm. you know, as a more legitimate, uh, you know, MVP candidate. Right, right now, people are. I think some of the talk on him is kind of, well, you know, he hasn't won anything. He can't get his team into the playoffs. They don't win the big games, but. You know, if he gets his team into the playoffs, I think that that perception will definitely start changing on Mike Trout. Yeah, definitely. Just just for like us fans, we need to see some. We need to like we we need Mike Trout in the playoffs just to see what he can do. Like best player around the planet, and he needs to. We need to see something more. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely, he's one of the faces of the game. Best one of the best young stars in the American League, and when. 
your best player isn't in the uh, playoffs year in and year out, that can that can be a problem for baseball. Yeah. And this is kind of like the marketing problem, like what baseball has now. I think if he gets into the playoffs, that would be huge for marketing because be able to market your best player and play, like he's playing in the playoffs is definitely going to be huge. Yeah. Or even, I mean, just think, how about Trout and Harper in a World Series? Angels oh. and Nationals. What would that do for baseball from a marketing standpoint? That would be incredible. Yes, it would. I mean, if it was like Angels, Nationals, too, like because Nationals yes. have a lot of young guys. So that would be good. But we'll see. I don't think the Angels are getting to the World Series this year. No, they am Anytime soon, I think. I'm. I hope to see Mike Trout in the World Series at some point in his career, but I don't think it's going to happen within at least three years, three or four years. Yeah, I. I, I would agree. I, I think American League West is too too loaded with the A's and um, and uh, the, the Rangers um, giving them competition. I, I don't think they have enough to beat out Oakland. You, you know, let alone Texas. So. I think it'll be another 500 year, maybe a few games above this year for the Angels. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting in the American League, and especially like, well, kind of like the divisions are kind of, except for like the AL West and the kind of AL East, kind of a little bit tighter with the Yankees and A's. The AL Central, I think the Twins are going to win that again. It's kind, of, I think it's kind of AL is kind of like all chalk. I think they a lot of the teams are going to win that they who won last year. So maybe the West the Astros don't win, and then that with the Central, I think just the Twins. I mean the Indians. I just don't think the Indians are going to be able to do enough this year, and I think they end up trading Lindor. Uh, like it, it, we've been talking, they've been talking about it all offseason that he's the potential to be traded. So I just think that'll end up happening at some point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The uh, yeah, the Indians aren't going to provide a whole lot of you know competition for Minnesota when it comes to winning that division. The other team that's going to be interesting in that division to keep an eye on is the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. You know, they they did make some you know improvements to that club, and uh, uh, you know they're pretty high on uh, on the White Sox. You know, there in Chicago, so we'll have to see. How, um, how that'll play out with them in uh, Minnesota. I think Minnesota and Chicago will probably finish 1-2 in that division. Yeah, I, I can see that too. But I, I just don't think the White Sox really will contend that much with it. I think they'll be like probably like 50, at least 15 games behind the, the Twins. I think the White Sox maybe – I think this year they've improved for sure, but like they'll be – like a year, I think they're a year away. So that the next year will be the year that they actually really contend for the for anything. Yeah, I would agree with that because the Twins were one of the teams last year too that won 100 games, you know, yeah. in the American League. And I can't see the White Sox, you know, coming close to 100 wins. So with that competition, with Detroit being down and and, and the Indians on the downslide, yeah, I, I think the White Sox finished second, but you know they're not going to come, uh, you know, close to matching Minnesota's win total. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. Yeah. What did you say for the like the race prediction? You said like Matt, you, did you say a win total or no? I like uh, I'm gonna go with 93. 93. They won 96 last year. I'm gonna go with 93 this year. They get a wild card spot. 
he'll finish um, behind the Yankees. I think they'll win the wild card game. Doesn't matter who they go up against, Oakland, the Angels. You know, I think they win that. And then we'll see what happens once we get into the um, the series. Yeah, last year they they got close to getting past that series too. With the like, they got to Game Five against the Astros. It was pretty close. Yeah, th- th- that was um, I think a surprising series. Uh, everybody in baseball thought that was going to be a clean sweep, you know, for Houston. Yeah. Of course, you know the Rays were under the radar all season, and then they get the wild card spot. They beat Oakland. Everybody starts paying attention to them, but. Uh, even with all the injuries last year that the, the Rays had in their starting rotation, they still finished with the second best ERA in baseball, second best pitching at a 3.65 ERA. The Dodgers with a 3.3 something ERA was number one in all of baseball, but the, the Rays pitching, I mean, technically was better than the Astros when you, when you look at the ERA breakdown. Mm-hmm. So with everybody healthy, you know, Snell improving glass, a full season, Morton, you know, having the same type of season he had last year, um, they're they're going to be a tough out for a lot of clubs. Yeah, and it could end up being well if the, if the Rays win the wild card, they they'll probably be in the playing the Yankees because the Yankees looks like they're going to be like the top seed. So that would be an interesting series if it's if that's how, if that's what it is. Yeah, it, it would be, and and half of Tampa's Yankee fans. I, I mean, you go to the Trop for a Yankee Rays game, and there's probably more Yankee fans there than there is Rays fans. You know, you, you know some games. Of course, the you know Yankees have their you know Class A team, and they have their spring training in uh, Tampa, right across from Raymond James Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that um, yeah yeah that, that that's a big draw and brings a lot of Yankee fans in. But you know the the area is just full of um, you know Yankee fans, so it's almost like a second, a second home stadium when the Yankees come to Tampa. It really is. Yeah, and playing I, the Trop is just like a bad place to play too, with like the all those catwalks and all that stuff. Like, I think they can, if that's being the series, I think that that race could definitely steal some games at, when they're at the Trop. Yeah, the Rays have a good home field advantage there. Um, but you're right, it's it's not a, a, a good baseball stadium. One of the worst in baseball, probably. Um, I've been there many times. I don't mind it. But, you know, from a baseball you know, purist standpoint, there's a lot of things that just don't don't work well in that ballpark for for a major league stadium. You know, and and even though the Rays have had big seasons with win totals, you know, 96 wins last year, they had 90 wins in 18. They they, they just can't seem to draw anybody. I mean, they were next to last in attendance, 14,500, you know, on average last year and 14,3 the year before. Um, You know, the the best season that they had attendance wise was in 09. That was after the World Series uh, run with uh, they lost to the Phillies in 08. That year they averaged 0923,100. They drew 1.87 million, which for a World Series team is not not great numbers. So Tampa's always struggled with um, with baseball. That's, you know Sternberg is promoting the the uh, split city 
idea with Montreal and um, Tampa, and that's not going over very well with the um, uh, you know local fan base. But yeah. he seems to think that um, you know the commissioner and the and the owners are becoming more aligned and, and supporting that idea more. So we'll see how it goes. We got a lot of time yet, you know, before anything is definitive on that deal. But yeah, that that's one of the reasons why he, he's looking to you know split the games is you know, from a, uh, from a revenue and attendance standpoint. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a, I don't think that's a really good idea to do that. It's just like, as you said, with the, their fan base, they don't really have much of a fan base. Like they're trying to go over there, like the Montreal to try to see, I think they're just doing that to try to test the waters there to see what kind of fans a team draws. I don't think they should do it with like a team that's already like a team, like that's already, like, like already there. Like, I think it should. If they do that. They should just. Well, I guess it makes sense to try to do it like with, before making a new expansion team. But I don't. Know, I think I don't know if the Rays are really the right team to do it. Who's the with no with kind of a low fan base. But, uh, well, in the in the annuals of sports, there's been a couple of teams that have tried the two city concept, yeah. and they were done in the 70s. The um, Kansas City Kings split their games with Omaha in the old, I believe it was the old NBA, early 70s, and now they're in Sacramento. Yeah. So you know how well that worked. And then in the ABA, the Virginia Squires in the early 70s, they, they played their games at different cities around the state of Virginia, and that didn't work. Yeah. So there's no basis in the past for no precedent that's saying that this idea is going to work, but, but, but Sternberg's hell bent. And he, he thinks that this is going to be the future model for, you know, pro sports teams to make them viable, that they can split their games with two cities. So he, he seems to think it'll work. He's got a lot of selling to do to convince folks that that's really the way to go. Yeah, I think I, I just I don't see it working at all. You know, just yeah, well, with the, with the, the the problems that the big problem you're going to run into is number one, who gets the playoff games? Oh, yeah. Right now, the 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 proposal is February through mid June, the Rays would play in Tampa or St. Petersburg at an outdoor stadium. That includes the 30 or 40 spring training games, and then the first two and a half months of the season. Then the team would go to Montreal and finish out the season in Montreal. That's the proposal that is on the table right now, but nothing has been discussed about, okay, the team makes the playoffs, who gets the playoffs? What's, what cities host? Are you going to put them in game one in Montreal, game two in Tampa? And not only the, um, you know, who gets the playoff games, but one thing that really hasn't been discussed yet is think of the players. Okay, the players are going to have to have two residences, half the season they live in Tampa, half the season in Montreal. The tax rate is much higher in Canada. There's no income tax in Florida. So you have a litany of issues that you, you got to work through to, to really convince people and make this a viable option. So you want the players and the players union to sign off on it. You got a lot of issues yet you got to work through. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's... I don't, I just don't see it working out, like, just because, yeah, all the issues you have to work through and figuring out who plays where, like, where you play for the playoffs and all that. So it's just, it doesn't, that doesn't really make sense to be in two cities, like, 
you want to try to draw a fan base to just one city because that's and then they can't do that right now really so it's like I think they just need to relocate somewhere else besides like Tampa Bay is just kind of like a I don't know something to do with like I don't know I don't really know what the problem is with it but I feel like it's just not the right like spot for them to have be able to draw a fan base yeah, well, they proposed, they had a new stadium uh, proposed in Ybor City, mm-hmm. which is real close to downtown Tampa, and that that, that fell through. Uh, Sternberg wanted, one of the reasons was he wanted too much public money, and the folks in Tampa, the Hillsborough County Commissioners and the leadership in that county, they, they weren't going to go for it. So that that kind of killed that idea, and since then, there's been no talk of building a, a new stadium anywhere much uh, in Tampa. So we got a new mayor now in Tampa, Jane Castor. She's the new mayor. And she's been talking with the raised uh, Stuart Sternberg and the, the front office. And supposedly she's she's okay with the idea of a um, split city deal, half the season in Tampa, half the season in Montreal. Uh, the talks are preliminary right now. So we'll see we'll see where it ends up. But Stern, it's interesting, Sternberg did go on record yesterday. He was asked, what would it take to keep the team in Tampa and play full season in Tampa? And he says, number one, there would just have to be a massive increase in attendance. Mm-hmm. I think the average attendance for Major League Baseball was 28, maybe 29,000 last year. And he would think that the Rays would, would have to average 28 to 29,000 folks a game at Tropicana Field, which they have never done outside of that first season in um, 98 when they drew um, 30,000. That was the you know first season of Rays baseball. So, you know, he's not completely closed off the idea of baseball full-time in Tampa, but he thinks the split city concept is the only way that Major League Baseball stays in Tampa for the long term. Yeah, we'll have to see. It's when is that? When was it proposed for? Was it like 2022? No, the the Rays are going to play into Trop through 2027. 27. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah through 27. Okay. But in order for you know new stadiums to be built, they would have to know by you know 2023, 2024. So there's got to be. Um, you know, a, a time frame and some parameters put on that for, you know, the new stadium to be built, all the infrastructure, those kind of things, you know, ready to go for the new stadium. So there, there is a deadline, but, but, but the Rays are contractually bound to trop, to the Tropicana field through 2027. And if, if they leave early, it's a huge, huge payout that they have to pay the city of uh, St. Petersburg. So, okay. Yeah, so we pretty much covered it all. So that, right? so, I don't know what else you want to mention or what go over about the raise. Well, the, the, the one area that I, I think we probably need to talk about briefly is the bullpen. The Rays did trade their uh, closer from last season, Emilio Pagan, just a couple of weeks ago to San Diego. Kind of a shock. Um, Pagan really 
really was instrumental in helping the Rays reach that wild card game down the stretch. I mean, he was lights out in um, September, pitched very well, led the team with um, 20 saves, and the Rays dealt him to San Diego. They picked up um, Manuel Margot, a very good defensive center fielder, but the Rays already have gold glove winner Kevin Kiermeyer in center. So Margot will probably spot start and uh, be, be a fill-in in the outfield. But with the loss of Pagan, that means the Rays are probably going to go to a closer by committee approach to start the uh, season. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. They tried it last year at the beginning, at the beginning of the season and did not have very good results. Uh, Diego Castillo, Chaz Rowe, um, Jose Alvarado, uh, those are the guys that kind of were in that spot as, um, you know, situational closers, Castillo one night, Alvarado the next. And, you know, Alvarado, I mean, he just imploded. Now, he had a lot of personal issues going on off the field with his folks. Um, the parents are now out of Venezuela. They're in the States. So he said that, you know, he feels much better and, and, and he's, he's ready to go. But uh, just listening to the comments from Kevin Cash out of spring training, I would expect the Rays to go with a closer by committee approach to start the season until somebody proves that, you know, they can handle that position and take hold of it. Yeah, that would definitely make sense for them, I think. That's definitely where I see them going. And, you know, they, like you said, the bullpen with the, you know, the, as you mentioned earlier, Nick Anderson, too, the addition of him is going to be big for their bullpen, too. I, he's going to be a huge piece. So definitely can, definitely have a lot of pieces there they can work, work with. Yeah, they, they do. And Anderson was uh, a, a, the main setup guy last year when they acquired him from Miami. I, I mean, he did start maybe one game, but primarily he was used in the seventh and eighth innings to, uh, you know, set up Pagan and, and worked really well. Now, whether he's ready to um, assume the closer role this year, yeah, you, you don't know. I'm sure he'll get a shot, you know, in spring training and probably, you know, during the early part of the season, they'll, they'll throw him out there, see what he's got. But, you know, at, at this point, there there really is no set closer right now on, on the Rays team. Yeah. No. So, yeah, it's about. I guess that's about it, though, for the Rays this year. I think, as mentioned, they're going to be in that race for the American League East, and we both think they're going to fall fall a little short. But they're still going to make. We both said both still going to. I mean, they're going to make the first wild card game. So that's definitely going to be an exciting season this year. I think for a lot of teams, a lot of teams are going to be in kind of in the hunt throughout the season, and a lot of teams made moves. You know, as mentioned with the White Sox and uh, all these other teams too, like in the National League, you know, we talk about the National League, the National League teams, National League is going to be even more packed than the American League. It's going to be pretty much every team in that in in the National League is going to be in the in the hunt, except for like three teams, three or four teams. So it's going to be a good season. I think it's going to be fun to watch, and well, especially with the Astros too. It's, seeing what happens with them and like all these probably going to be a lot of uh, brawls, hit batters, all this other stuff. 
Yeah, it will be interesting. And I think the commissioner's trying to nip some of that in the bud. You know, he issued that memo, I believe, yesterday or the day before saying, you know, we really got to cut down on the amount of beanballs this season. We really can't be throwing it, guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, you know, trying to do what he can to kind of, you know, stop that before it gets started, so to speak. But, um, you know, the, the Astros will, uh, you know, they'll be competitive, but I, I, I don't think that they, um, they'll win the West, and then I, I don't think they'll, that they'll get a playoff spot. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, it'll be a good year, and you know, this now we just have seven more episodes to go in the series. Um, so yeah, seven more teams, so getting close to finishing it up and then, you know, going on, talking about more stuff to, as the season gets closer, spring training games start this weekend. So that'd be exciting to see some of these guys, you know, play. And so, especially some of the younger guys, like the, the non-roster invite invitees that on the, a lot of these teams, you know, they're, they're big prospects. So, yeah. So, so keep an eye out for the more episodes and as, all, all these episodes are going to be on the on all, every podcast platform. Check them all out. And yeah, the next one will be I think Phillies. I'm going to be recording Phillies soon with Matt Bishop from the Score Pro. So yeah, uh, make sure you can check out all the articles on our site as well. So and just a reminder, you can never have too much pod talk. <laughs>